Welcome to Tech Talk Digital Supply Chain Podcast, where we will help you eliminate the noise and focus on the information and inspiration that you need to transform your business, impact supply chain success, and enable you to replace risky inventory with valuable insights. Join your Tech Talk host, Corinne Bursa, the 2020 Supply Chain Pro to Know of the Year. With more than 25 years of supply chain and technology expertise and the scars to prove it, Corinne has the heart of a teacher and has helped nearly 1,000 customers transform their businesses and tell their success stories. Join the conversation, share your insights, and learn how to harness technology innovations to drive tangible business results. Buckle up, it's time for Tech Talk, powered by Supply Chain Now. Well, welcome back, Supply Chain Movers and Shakers. Corinne Bursa here, and I am your host for Tech Talk, the digital supply chain podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. You know, as supply chain leaders, we need to be nimble. We need to leverage the available resources we have, the capacity available, and focus on service to the customer. All of us are trying to increase efficiencies and, where possible, control cost. And don't forget, one of the compelling messages we hear time and time again is we've got to mitigate risk. So one of the core benefits of investments in digital supply chain technology is the ability to replace risky inventory with valuable information. And today, for the first time on Tech Talk, we have with us today, Monica Trillish. And Monica is with Infor, and she's in the role of Senior Director of Strategy for Supply Chain Management. Monica, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Corinne. It's an honor. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Now, before we dive into our topic today, which I think is really interesting, and we're going to talk about the urgent case for supply chain transparency. But before we dive into that topic, Monica, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do in your role with Infor. Happy to do that, certainly. Some of your audience may know the third largest ERP software maker in the world, but is not widely known as potentially a supply chain management Mm -hmm. solution provider. There is a a group within Infor that was formerly known as GT Nexus. Now it's the Infor Nexus group that actually has a tremendous legacy in global trade and uh, global uh, supply chain networking that I've been closely associated with since I joined Infor in 2016. So as a supply chain management platform, Infor Nexus uh, works closely with our demand planning and, and production planning and forecasting, as well as our uh, WMS solutions on the logistics side of things. But we are the, the extension, if you will, the ERP for supply chains, because as we all know, uh, ERPs were never really designed to work for, with uh, the relationships uh, companies need to really constitute the supply chain for them. Uh, and so Nexus as a cloud-based platform for engagement with suppliers and with forwarders, with carriers, 
with end customers, with receivers, your customs brokers, is designed fundamentally as a platform for increasing transparency across those global uh, supply chain networks. Uh, my role in a strategy position is really in the sales organization, but I've done a lot of skating back and forth between the product management side of things mm-hmm. and the sales organization. And I see my role primarily as making sure that our product direction is aligned with the needs of our customers, with different directions in the marketplace, with where there's an unrealized uh, need or a gap in capability, uh, and just making sure that we continue to focus on driving value for. So tell me that last part, just about what um, you know, what your role entails as you work with your sales and go-to-market teams, but also with customer needs. Give me just a quick um, a quick comment about that part of your role, because I think that's something that uh, the Tech Talk listeners will find very interesting. Thank you. Uh, yeah, as a, um, a person responsible for a solution strategy, uh, it's a a hybrid role, if you will, that skates back and forth between product management and the product development teams, the marketing, the sales organization. Uh, And my focus is on uh, making sure that our product development roadmaps are aligned with the uh, developing trends in the marketplace, uh, that we're addressing unmet needs, that uh, we are responding to what is driving decisions in supply chain technology today. Uh, And that tends to differ based on economic conditions, market conditions, disruptive competitive entries, that sort of thing. Uh, But ultimately it is focused on keeping in touch with our customers and making sure that we maintain sufficient intimacy with their challenges that we can act as a partner in helping them solve their solutions rather than merely as a vendor to be managed. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and Monica, in my 25 or more years, I stopped counting at 25, my 25 years in supply chain, you know, I've met literally with thousands of supply chain executives over that period of time. And the one thing that they all tell me from every investment that they've made in solutions or technology, I hear all the time that one of their goals is to gain visibility it's cited time and time again, especially in the current situation in global logistics and inbound visibility. Now, you've got a premise that I think is kind of compelling, and I want to understand that more because you believe that we should be focusing on transparency instead of visibility. So first of all, tell us what you mean by transparency, and then let's talk about the value proposition around transparency versus visibility? Excellent question. Uh, You're absolutely right. Visibility shows up year after year as the first or second most desired thing by chief supply chain officers uh, in virtually any survey that I've ever seen. And it seems however much they get, there's never quite enough. 
And in recent years, the concept of, of visibility, and especially in, in supply chains, has been, I think, co-opted a bit by the rise of real-time visibility providers. So the idea that I'm carrying my goods to my distribution center or to my end customer, and I can give my customer access to that. And that's really been transformative, I think, for, for, for customer service uh, to be able to, to share that visibility to time of arrival from a, a delivery standpoint. But when you talk about supply supply chain issues, and particularly in global uh, supply chains where you're sourcing from overseas, you're talking much, much longer timelines than in the outbound fulfillment process to a, an end customer. You're talking about multiple modes being involved. Um, the challenges of cross-border commerce, the customs brokerage, the paperwork, the uh, SOLAS filing for the weight and uh, dimensions of your ocean-going uh, container goods and so forth. There's such a, a diversity of information that's required. There are so many different parties involved that need to be collaborated, uh, informed of, uh, as you think about from the supplier's dock to the uh, inland drayage, to the freight consolidation, to the ocean transport, to the uh, final port and terminal unloading and the country of destination, the inland transportation, the uh, again, customs approval and clearance. All of these things make the inbound supply chain problem, not just a matter of visibility. You don't, you're not just interested in where that ocean vessel is with a container at any given point in time. It's critical that you know how many of those containers on that vessel are holding your goods. And in these days of interliners and alliances and so forth, that can be a very challenging thing to track for you. Um, you wanna know what the orders are within those containers. You wanna know what the line items are so that if you're facing a critical stockout or a production that is reliant on what you knew from the supplier standpoint, that they were including that particular component on this particular shipment and in what quantity so that you can arrange your expectations downstream for that. So the issue of visibility becomes not just, you have to ask visibility to what? And that's where my thesis about transparency comes in, that you don't necessarily know in today's chaotic environment what you will need visibility to in your global supply chain. If you have a uh, ship backed up in the Suez Canal because something has run aground, uh, it may be important for you to know just how many shipments are on the water and backed up in that particular mm -hmm. range and how many of those orders are affected. It might be crucial for you to know that you have orders that are about ready to leave the supplier in Asia and get onto uh, the ocean vessel that you may choose to have move via air cargo and avoid that blockage all on the water for eight weeks or more. So uh, transparency is the approach to thinking of your global supply chain from a highly connected standpoint, that you're not looking in a fragmented concept to uh, turn on lights here and there to specific siloed processes or, or movements or transactions within the supply chain, but that you are uh, gaining a big picture window into the operations of your global supply chain that allow you to delve into the level of detail that you need uh, to mitigate whatever risk or avert any crisis that you might be facing. And also to assure that things are moving as expected once things finally do stabilize in the supply chain.
So, so is the is the difference, if you will, in visibility versus transparency? It, is it trying to understand what the impact of those signals are, or the impact of those updates are on your overall goal, or or how should a practitioner, um, you know, a supply chain professional, think about it differently? than the way they think about collecting those data points along the, um, the progression of either production or sourcing or transportation of those goods. We talk about upstream and downstream um, stakeholders and supply chains, of course. Um, there's a fundamental value in being able to find out as far as possible upstream if something is going to go wrong or something is starting to go wrong. Is the supplier going to miss the ship window? Are they struggling with raw materials and so they can't make the production schedule that they committed to when you place the order at the start of the year? Is there a problem with empty container availability mm -hmm. in the ports that you normally ship from? Right, All sorts of unforeseen problems that we haven't really had to wrestle uh, with before in uh, such massive concurrency as we do in our, our current environment. But the value in transparency, uh, that is increasing visibility to a much broader spectrum of supply chain processes and, and partners, uh, is that you can either automatically update or adjust downstream mm -hmm. nodes in the supply chain so that you can mitigate risk, avoid that disruption, uh, find alternatives, if you will, or at least adjust expectations downstream for labor, for production and so forth, so that um, it's not when the container finally arrives at your deconsolidation center or your warehouse and you open the doors and you realize, oh, they didn't include that particular shipment that then everyone's scrambling where you have far, far fewer options to resolve the problems, right? So uh, transparency is about gaining uh, visibility much, much earlier, much mm. farther upstream in the supply chain to potential and developing problems so that you have more options to resolve them. Yeah, so when we talk about that, right, we're, we're talking about trading partners providing visibility or providing transparency to each other. And I was involved in the, in the VIX Collaborative Planning, Forecasting, and Replenishment Initiative, which you know, is 20, 25 years ago, and, um, and had some real tangible benefits associated to it, right? Because they were agreeing to really a shared process for the, the trading pair or the organizations, suppliers and retailers most of the time. However, I will tell you that there was often concern shared about offering that insight into the trading partner's business. So there were things that would come up like competitive insights or perhaps um, having data used in negotiations in the future, or um, sometimes even confidence in one trading partner's ability to plan effectively or commit to their customer, that these things would come up time and time again. So how does and I'm sure that we've moved well beyond that now. That 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 I wouldn't be so sure, Corinne. <laughs> you know, are a little more comfortable maybe than they were 20, 25 years ago. But how does supply chain transparency work, Monica, in an environment where you know trust is such a critical factor? That is 
probably one of the biggest challenges mm -hmm. to supply chain transparency uh, or to visibility for that matter. Uh, there's a history, a legacy of adversarial relationships between buyers and suppliers, between shippers and carriers. Those are difficult things to overcome. But I believe as we've become a more globalized worldwide economy, in particular, when we're facing something like this COVID-19 mm. global health crisis, where everyone is struggling, uh, it is not just a, a single relationship between one large consumer packaged goods provider, perhaps, and, and their suppliers, uh, but it is a universal problem. And we see how broadly it affects all of the parties to our global uh, supply chain networks, to the service providers, to the ports, the terminals, from a, a resource and capacity planning capability down to, to labor considerations as well. It becomes a, a way or an opportunity perhaps for us to break through some of those traditional adversarial positions and realize that we're all in the same ship together, uh, to, to borrow a metaphor, if you will. If we do not cooperate and all row in the same direction, we won't get anywhere. Uh, so we are facing extraordinary constraints on, on resources, on capacity, uh, very unexpected demand patterns. Everything seems to be in flux at once in global supply chains today, uh, and everything seems to be in crisis. And it's the opportunity for people to look beyond traditional positions uh, and just thinking of that next contract negotiation uh, and understanding that there is true value to partnering with your supply chain trading partners, not simply to use the designation as a, another name mm -hmm. uh, for someone I'm, I'm going to try to reduce costs with, but ultimately you have to find virtuous cycles of mutual benefit. It's, a, it's an old term. It is in wide use by enforced parent company, uh, Coke Enterprises and so forth as well. But I think it is uh, the real value proposition that we have to pursue in business today. There has to be win-win for all parties mm -hmm. involved. So trust is not something you can take, something you have to earn. Um, but this is an environment, I think, that has raised the stakes for all parties to reconsider what they have to gain from moving past those concerns uh, and testing what trust can do to move everyone forward to improve the, uh, um, the opportunities, the economic returns, the um, efficiencies, the survival of all parties in the, in the supply chain. So, so Monica, in what, in what you just shared with us, is this drive for transparency, is this specifically related to kind of a pandemic crisis or pandemic response? Or is this something that's got some legs to it that we're going to embrace in the industry as part of our standard operating procedure, right? We're, we're going to innovate and never go back, right? So I, I don't want to go back to faxing information between my, my trading partners, right? And I don't want to go back to email. How do I continue to kind of to, to take this, you know, something that may be embraced a little more readily right now because of the disruptions that are taking place? And how do we make that part of the expected engagement model in the future? 
I do firmly believe that transparency is something that will survive uh, and prove value long mm. beyond the effects of the COVID pandemic on the, um, the global economy. As you say, it's difficult to go backwards once you've realized the benefits of a, a particular change or an advantage. Um, there hasn't been incentive necessarily to pursue transparency from a cost standpoint in the past when global transportation suppliers and so forth was relatively stable freight costs ocean shipping air capacity you what the trade-offs were, if you needed to move something, if you uh, were pleased with your uh, suppliers, but you needed to drive out costs and transportation, maybe time to look for a different set of freight forwarders, maybe time to pursue different relationships with uh, other ocean carriers. The siloed optimization of all of these components and processes in the, uh, the global supply chain is something that you can maintain when things are stable, when you can just focus on perhaps optimizing mm -hmm. one aspect of supply chain operations at a time, and you can see benefit from it. When you realize the benefits of supply chain transparency, and the InfoNexus group has been fortunate in working with many global enterprises that are very logistically mature and sophisticated in their understanding of the value of transparency and, and this globalness to their agility of that in your organization. It will be very difficult to go back uh, to uh, dealing without that. There are benefits in terms of optimizing inventory to uh, squeezing dwell and delay in transit mm -hmm. times so that you can reduce your safety and buffer inventories. That's not something perhaps you want to pursue in today's chaotic environment, but eventually we'll reach some equilibrium and you're going to want to do a little bit of scooting and squeezing there to, uh, to, to bring those um, uh, transit times and, and inventory levels down. The ability to use inventory in transit to fulfill available to promise projections yes. and to react more quickly when your demand forecasts are beginning to tick upwards. Well, how reliable is our expectation of delivery for this order from our Southeast Asia supplier into our Western DCs? Mm -hmm. And knowing reliably our carriers, we're fairly confident that within the three-week time window, based on what we have on the water, uh, what's pending uh, overseas, we can get this material into our customers' hands uh, within their desired window and not risk stock out or production halts at any other aspect of our supply chain. So it's that, uh, that flexibility in responding to change, the adaptability to changing conditions in both demand and supply certainty that uh, is one of the, uh, the true benefits of transparency that I think companies, once they begin to realize this, uh, mm. they're never going to want to go back to faxing again. It's, it's, it, it, it is the, the digital, right? It, it's that digital yep. transparency. It's like shopping online and having pictures of the goods that you want to buy. Catalog was fine, but there was one picked up with it. It is a real transformation in supply chain management when you start focusing on transparency for your global mm -hmm. network um, that I think uh, companies are going to build on in the future post-pandemic uh, and create 
really agile operations in ways they couldn't conceive of before. So, so let me ask you for maybe just a couple of really specific examples of transparency, because in any, in any global network, you may have a very large partner, customer, or supplier, um, but then you've also got tons of smaller and less sophisticated partners in most global networks, right? Whether they're a tier one or tier two or tier three, but help us kind of wrap our mind around how do we make this easy so that technology is that enabler and that the technology is not the obstacle. Maybe it's the business process that changes to take advantage of that. But give us a couple of examples of that, because I'm sure that you and the Infor team have addressed that in a number of different ways, given the breadth of customers that you serve. Absolutely. Um, Infor has a very strong footprint in the fashion and, and footwear, the apparel industry, which is marked by tens of thousands of providers uh, across Southeast Asia that are often, as you say, rather unsophisticated from a digital standpoint. And when the Nexus brand was established over 20 years ago, we determined that our solution had to be cloud-based. And this was before cloud was actually a recognized term in information technology, right? But it was the collaborative ability from making all of your interactions, your communications, your visibility platform accessible online 24-7. That was a driver for that that cloud-based solutioning. But we found um, that you can't always constrain these smaller providers to connect to an EDI system to feed the ERP as required, especially if you're working with many, many different smaller suppliers. They need to have different options. They need to have portals that they can input. They need training and onboarding if they're, you know, they have turnover or so forth in their organization. If there is a portal or a system that they are required to manually input information into, they need to have constant support in the system of record that they're asked to engage with, or perhaps we'll call it the system of engagement that they're working with, Hmm. that uh, keeps them finding value in it. They need to have incentive in terms of perhaps faster payment or the ability to finance uh, invoices so that they can procure raw materials after orders are placed. It is an ecosystem of support for your suppliers that comes with an an approach to global supply chain transparency that Nexus has been building out uh, for years uh, that we continue to work under uh, with uh, with Infor as well. Uh, But it is a recognition that there are small, medium, and very, very, very large enterprises all involved in the supply chain. And to have that transparency, you have to have flexibility in technology for connecting with them. You have to make sure that there is benefit and incentive for all parties parties to participate in the network and share information. Um, and it's the, the promise of the cloud today, I think, that mm-hmm. is really coming to the fore that the old paradigm of ERP and EDI or um, in-house on-premise based TMSs to handle global transportation planning mm-hmm. and so forth. It's those things that are falling by the wayside as people realize they're simply not agile enough. They can't let you make new connections, can help you refresh connections, they fly quickly enough, they're too rigid. Uh, and so a supply chain 
platform that is uh, designed for transparency, I think gives you that framework to expand and to change and to nurture all of your suppliers, regardless of where they are in technology maturity, uh, to gain value from their relationship with you and to make things easier from their perspective to serve you as well, because their goals are to grow, to uh, perform profitably. Uh, anything you can do to ensure their survival also helps with a uh, the brand owner's assurance of supply, reduces their supply uncertainty, and helps to also pursue goals like sustainability and traceability mm. with these smaller providers. Right? Uh, it's it's again it's an ecosystem way of thinking about your supply chain uh, versus a transactional connection with your supply chain. Yeah, yeah, you, you've just given us several areas of transparency. And I think some of them, quite honestly, Monica, are that supply chain professionals don't think about all the time. So when we think about cash to cash cycle, not for our business, but for our trading partners business, right? And, and especially yes. if they're a smaller provider, that's tangible. Being able to take a week out of a cash to cash cycle is huge for many companies, that you know are are literally working kind of you know month to month in hiring process and, and paying their suppliers or their personnel. If I can just touch on that as well too, that is actually one of the benefits of transparency for small providers. So we talk about mutual benefit, but uh, we've been able to arrange supply chain finance for overseas suppliers. Mm-hmm through the transparency and the visibility to transactions and orders and so forth that are provided by having them take place on the the Nexus platform uh, so that these suppliers can gain financing based on the credit rating of the buyer versus necessarily what credit instruments they have available within their own countries or their own history. So uh, it is, again, uh, the the broader benefit of transparency, Mm -hmm. right? It it has value for all participants and builds towards that that trust that you need to earn, uh, but that you can also cement once you put programs like this in place with your suppliers. Yeah, absolutely. That financial supply chain element is is a real differentiator, I would think, four and four in the capabilities that um, that you're bringing to market, so that you're creating this win-win environment. Because I I totally get if I'm the customer and I have sourced or had contract manufacturers produce specific product to my specification, I want to know the progress of that at every step of bringing those to market, but examples like you've just shared make it a win-win for all of the trading partners who touch and manufacture and source and convert those goods and you know pack it and and get it on the ships at every step of the equation so i i do think it's interesting to think about transparency in that context versus simply visibility of you know did a and b start and finish okay now I've got to look somewhere else and somewhere else versus looking at, you know, the proverbial glass supply chain that's going to give me visibility from, from end to end or transparency, excuse me, end to end my ability to serve whomever the end customer is, right? Uh, or the end consumer. That's always the goal, right, of the yeah. supply chain is how do you improve that customer experience? Yeah. How do we, so, so as you work with customers in the Infor ecosystem, or sharing this in the marketplace with, with companies, how do you help them identify the right business process to start with or the right 
partner attributes to look for? What are some things that come to mind around, you know, where to get started in a transparency initiative? Every company, I think, uh, enters the journey for transparency from a different direction. So they may be feeling pain on the procurement side of things. They may be experiencing Uh, personal credit issues that are affecting their ability to maintain their existing supplier base. And they know that, you know, once the economic cycles sort of turn the clock that they're going to be generating or or working profitably again, but in the interim, they require some sort of a, a, a bridge financing solution or something, or there are companies that Uh, are very pleased their suppliers are financially stable, but they have a spotty record in working with their forwarders and Mm -hmm. the the ability to get the necessary information about what freight, how carriers are performing. Um, uh, Are you getting value for the logistics services that you're paying for? we, we try to respond to companies wherever they come to us in that journey. Uh, we have focused solution areas, for instance, um, for supply chain finance. Uh, we refer to that as, as the financial supply chain side of things. I think of it as inextricable, honestly, from the, um, the physical side, the movement of mm-hmm. the goods. Uh, nothing's moving without money being moved somewhere. Uh, but it is a, a higher order of perhaps supply chain and procurement and financial maturity, thinking in a connected fashion about how all of these things play together uh, to assure that you're going to have inventory and stock when the holiday season rolls around, right? Uh, all of these things working together. And then we have other um, logistics uh, experts within the organization. If the focus is on uh, simply gaining your uh, key uh, origin sources uh, of goods and the, the uh, concentrations of suppliers in different countries or different regions. Uh, but because each forwarder has their own technology platform and they're mm-hmm. giving you visibility, they're giving you feedback, but it requires your staff to chase down, log into every single forwarder's portal. They present things in a different format. How do you consolidate that and roll that up for management, for the chief supply chain officer to know what the current health is, give a a proper snapshot of how the supply chain is performing at any given point in time. So simply using a platform like Nexus as the technology consolidation for managing all of these forwarders that then your international carriers also can be uh, fed into that your um, suppliers can connect to so that you get the advanced shipping notices that you get the confirmation of your order that you can share an order within a requested time frame but 40% won't be ready for another four weeks how would you like us to arrange and and, uh, manage the shipping plans for this kind of a a complexity Um, it is that type of multi-faceted problem solving that we have to offer customers today that I think gives them uh, a way to gain immediate value to solve immediate problems, but not in a a close or a dead-end way, uh, but to bring themselves into a network environment where they have a tremendous path forward to expand transparency wherever they find and can define the next uh, area of value for the business. Always there has to be ROI for making these investments and expansions uh, for dealing with the change management that comes with uh, with efforts like this. But um, digital transformation has a bit of 
a bad rap these days. Everybody wants it. Nobody wants to put up with the pain and anguish of the, train, uh, the, the change management that's involved. And when you're putting out fires every day, as, as we are in today's supply chain, somehow transforming doesn't make any sense. You're just trying to survive through the end of the day or the end of the week. Uh, but ultimately, if you make your technology decisions with an eye towards what you eventually want that goal to be, once we get past this current crisis, what will the world look like? What will the supply chain uh, framework be? Uh, can we assume that the costs of ocean freight are going to be back to where they were for the past 10 years prior to, to, to 2020? Uh, or are we going to have to deal with a, a freight expense in our cost of goods sold that is much, much higher than we've ever had to, uh, to calculate around before? And what's that going to mean to our overall supply chain mm -hmm. strategies, our sourcing, our arrangements with our 3PLs, lead times, all so many ramifications. Companies, uh, supply chain professionals are going to be working through these new strategy, uh, I think, for the next two to three years at least, uh, because all of our assumptions about how they were supposed to work kind of evaporated in 2020. And I don't think they're ever going back to the way that they were. They're going to be different. There may be a new normal in the future, but it's going to be very, very different from the normal that we operated under in the past. And if you have established supply chain transparency with the broader part of your network, even during this period of change and upheaval and uncertainty, you are in such a great position to thrive and to surge forward once economies do stabilize and, and, and all of these um, supply chain transport problems uh, begin to resolve. So, so pick a few areas for me, Monica, and, and just share a couple of, you know, you mentioned ROI, a couple of return on investment um, points or examples that, you know, that, that you're aware of in the Infor network of, of customers and, and suppliers, just to give us a feel for um, the benefit of, of getting started now, right? We don't have all the answers about what the future is going to hold, but that's why supply chain is such a great place to be, right? We're never going to get bored. Oh, There's always going to be opportunity in front of, in front of each and every one of us. But just give me a feel for maybe a couple of areas where there's been a compelling um, payback message or return on investment message. Absolutely. Um, we have um, a major uh, garment manufacturer in North America who has uh, engaged in uh, some financing for some of their at-risk suppliers uh, mm -hmm. in Asia for the past few years that has really allowed them to uh, assure lines of supply uh, with very desirable companies who were otherwise uh, under a fair amount of, uh, of risk from a financial standpoint in those areas. So it's removed elements, actually uh, a combination of self-funded and bank-funded financing in some respects. Uh, so uh, it optimized working capital for this organization as well to be able to have access to many different bank resources who are willing to participate in these programs for them. So they had the benefit of reinforcing uh, the supplier health. Um, and again, these were suppliers that invested a great deal of time and effort into sustainability programs, traceability, uh, compliance with uh, fair labor practices and mm -hmm. so forth. And to protect those investments and in those suppliers, this was really a critical uh, financial effort for them. Uh, we have other examples of companies that came at uh, value strictly from a 
uh, a carrier or an NVOCC uh, procurement and contract management program. Um, their uh, previous methods for going out for ocean freight or air cargo uh, contracts involved a lot of manual Excel spreadsheets, emails back and forth, uh, weeks of consolidation, comparison, analysis. It was such a painful effort for them that they would only go out for uh, contract rebids every three years or so. Well, in an environment where uh, pricing is not very stable, where it's highly volatile, you might need to be going out for new contracts um, quarterly every six months. I mean, we've seen a definite trend in the shortening of uh, freight contract life cycles during COVID. Number one, companies are trying to minimize their uh, exposure to these exposure. high prices yeah. that they're yeah. being forced to pay, right? And they want to take advantage of those prices when they begin to come down, as we all hope that they will. Um, but um, the access to capacity has been such an overriding consideration in this environment that um, cost sometimes is not even an issue in moving the goods. We need to find some mode that has capacity to move it. With the, the, the constraints in the airlines, we lost valleys of these um, passenger airlines, uh, and that simply hasn't come back yet. And it likely will not until passenger travel around the world begins to, to recoup itself. But to go through the Nexus procurement platform where you have a Again, a digital platform that carriers and NVOCCs are used to participating in. Uh, it not only um, speeds up the response time, you can add many more providers to those procurement cycles um, that might otherwise have been too onerous for your folks to manage. Uh, so you have access potentially to more capacity. You can work with more of them, but also the analysis, the evaluation, the optimization of your freight allocation commitments across all of these carriers allows you to balance your risk to do the best sort of trade-offs between um, total lowest cost and the service levels that your organization really needs to meet the market demands. So um, two sort of different aspects of the supply chain spectrum and transparency, the, um, the, the financial value and collaboration and support of a supplier network mm -hmm. when you're dealing with the, the transparency and visibility that comes from transacting on a, a network platform. Uh, and also on the logistical side of things, the ability to perhaps uh, not necessarily reduce costs, but to find more available capacity to feed the, the process of of uh, finding new partners mm -hmm. uh, and certainly of measuring and negotiating with those partners that allows you to respond with, with greater agility as uh, market conditions change. So all of this is done on the same platform. It's the same Nexus platform, different applications and solutions and so forth. But when you connect just once to a network platform, uh, and the same data can be used over and over again. This becomes a repository of tremendous supply chain business intelligence that also informs those strategic decisions going forward, which is another benefit of trends. Yeah, yeah. Having that transparency, if you will, and thinking of it not just end to end, but even much broader. So I, I think this aspect of the financial supply chain is a really interesting additional value proposition to simply the movement of goods or production and sourcing of goods in, in the equation as well. It, it, fascinating, fascinating. And, and something that I agree with you, I think will continue to accelerate. So I love this theme about the urgent case for transparency 
really to accelerate. And, and I'm all about, Tech Talk is all about kind of replacing risky inventory with valuable information. And I think your thesis around transparency just extends that even broader, that there, there's more transparency that, that can be gained that is going to allow me to have clarity around my inbound or clarity around the reliability of a supplier in my network so that I know what levers I can pull, right? As we you know, continue to operate in a volatile market like Absolutely. we yes. are today, right? Or when we get to return to at least a little more stable environment. <laughs> Some stability would be nice, yeah. even if it's not, yeah. yeah. So Monica, what, what one thing would you want our listeners to walk away with today, right? We've covered um, a lot of touch points in supply chain operations around this theme of transparency. What one thing do you hope people will walk away from the conversation with? Supply chains haven't really been chains for quite some time. They're really networks, right? And so sometimes we trap ourselves into the linear thinking that a, yeah. that a chain metaphor provides for us. And so when you think end-to-end, that's still a, a linear metaphor. If you think perhaps in terms of um, 360 degree visibility, um, mm. that is more the nature of transparency, right? It's, uh, it's looking in different directions. It's not thinking about uh, getting insight into one aspect of the supply chain, but about pursuing a, um, a connected condition with your trading partners and with your service providers that allows them to operate as a virtual extension of your business rather than simply opposing partners in a transaction. And I think that's the promise that we want to move towards as we try to visualize what the world will look like beyond the COVID pandemic and national lockdowns uh, and uh, not meeting each other face to face for a very, very long period of time. Um, It is what's the world going to look like and how can we survive and thrive in that world of the future. Um, Putting in place now even the beginnings of the transparency capability, the the network interaction with your supply Mm -hmm. chain partners, even if it's from a small perspective of simply gaining visibility to your NVOCCs or your your ocean carriers from an ocean tracking standpoint. That's that's the first part of it. But then bringing your freight forwarders onto it so that you know you're getting those ASNs and visibility into what your customs brokers are doing. You're expanding then visibility to all of the the parallel processes that are critical. Um, It is the... um, moving away from that focus on the last mile. What are we doing about getting into our customers' car trunks or their, their, their porches or you know having lockers in the city or something that really has consumed us all in the past five years as the Amazon effect has taken over? And thinking back to the first mile, how do we gain control of that first mile of our supply chains mm-hmm. in a way that allows us to affect that customer experience, that end customer of ours in a very positive fashion moving forward? Yeah, lots, lots of great, interesting, compelling opportunity in what you just described. Monica, what's the best way for our Tech Talk audience to get in touch with you if they want to continue the conversation? We would love for them to go to infor.com and take advantage of our contact us uh, chat uh, there to reach out, certainly explore what Infor has to offer there. Um, They can reach us on LinkedIn or on Facebook as well, uh, or they can reach me at my email, 
uh, monica.trilsch at info.com. And I'd be very happy to put them in contact with the right people that are going to be pleased to talk with them and they can explore it there uh, at their leisure. Excellent. Thank you so much, Monica Trilsch, for joining us today and opening our minds a little bit to this urgent case for supply chain transparency. I think you've certainly given us some things to think about and consider as our listeners continue to drive innovation and look at the opportunity to replace inventory uh, with information, but also to transform not just their business, but their network response in what is sure to be a continued volatile global environment in the weeks and months and and hopefully, you know, hopefully it's just months and quarters and not years ahead, but there's always something. I mean, we do. <laughs> there will always be new there's, opportunities. There's always something, as you say, supply chain is always exciting. Yeah. Always exciting. I think that um, at, at our core, supply chain professionals are quite honestly problem solvers. Um, so uh, they, they are the ones that get to tackle new challenges or harness new opportunities. So I hope that today's insights are going to help you to navigate and prioritize some of your supply chain transformation initiatives. And I want to encourage our listeners to reach out and uh, check the resources that Monica mentioned on infor.com. That's I-N-F-O-R.com. And also to reach out to supplychainnow.com. And while you're there, please look for Tech Talk. That's T-E-K-T-O-K and subscribe. On Tech Talk, our goal is really to help you eliminate the noise and to get the inspiration and information you need to transform your business and replace that risky inventory with valuable information. We'll see you next time on Tech Talk, powered by Supply Chain Now.